Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you know that this show is all about horror movies and grindhouse exploitation, science fiction, and the gems in the rough. And today, I'm going to be covering uh, just some recently watched stuff. I haven't been uh, buying a whole lot of Blu-rays, and the ones that I have been buying are not ones that really fit into into this show that well. So, uh, I can't really comment on them. Although, I will bring up one... Uh, one movie that, again, it doesn't really fit on this show, but just to chime in, uh, I'll spend a little bit more time on this particular movie when I, uh, when I talk about it on Movie Freaks, but I did watch on my co-host, Eric Marner on Movie Freaks, he recommended that I watch Chappie. So I bought the Blu-ray of Chappie, and I finally was able to watch it, and uh, I gave it a thumbs up. Uh, reserved thumbs up, and uh, you'll hear my full review on Chappie on Movie Freaks on our next taping. Uh, but again, it, it certainly does not really fit in with, uh, with this show. So uh, anyway, and if you hear that I'm a little bit uh, clogged up, uh, I've got two kids, and once one child gets sick, everybody in the house gets sick. So I've been sick and trying to get over this, and so just bear with me while, uh, while I get through this. Uh, so without further ado, some recently watched movies. Uh, I'm going to, st- and again, I try to cover everything on this show that, that the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm going to start off with one that is so ugly that, uh, I couldn't, I actually could not finish it. And usually no matter how bad the movie is, I'm actually able to finish it. I would say out of a hundred movies that I watch, maybe one or two, I won't finish because they're that bad. Uh, and this one. I had hopes for it that that it would be that there would be just a sprinkling, just enough of something to make it watchable. Just something that I would keep that I it would keep me invested. Nope, nothing, zilch. And that is twelve seconds. And uh, I am not sure what the actual it, it, the Spanish pronunciation for it is because it is. Uh, it is a Spanish production, and it was on Netflix. It's another one of these Netflix cheapies that uh, might be good, might not. You never heard of it. Came out this year, so there's very little info on it. It just these movies, are just, these movies are just thrown onto Netflix with almost zero fanfare. But there are those gems out there that pop up from time to time, and I'm actually going to be talking about one of those. Uh, later in the show, the, a, a movie that I thought uh, was was good that I hadn't heard about uh, before. So uh, anyway, so this movie, uh, twelve seconds, and it's 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 so bad. The movie is so bad that I actually I kept watching, thinking you know if there's if it keeps being this this horrible. I might be able to make it the whole way through it as a funny type of type of thing, but it finally got to be so tedious that I'm like, screw this, I'm done. It's about some lady, uh, some lady that goes into the woods to try and find 
her boss slash lover, I think, and his wife, who've gone missing. And along the way, she may, meets some uh, some seedy characters. Now, that sounds like a fairly run-of-the-mill storyline. Uh, but somehow, this movie fumbles that so bad. There's just nonsensical plot points that keep the story going, I guess. Because essentially, this feels like a 20-minute movie, maybe, that is just drawn out with the worst dialogue you've ever heard. Uh, the music, I, I should give it some credit. I guess the music is okay. It, it, I'm sure it was not produced by them. It sounds like, it sounds too good for a movie like this. It seems like they probably purchased the rights to play this orchestra music, but I don't know for sure. But that music was, uh, uh, was like this intense, exciting music, and the dialogue was so bad that I'm like, this is a comedy, right? This this feels like I'm watching a a comedy. But alas, it was not. It was something else. Something, uh, I, it wasn't drama, it wasn't thriller, it was, I don't know what it was. It was just a couple people with high-def cameras, and this is the typical Netflix, couple people with high-def cameras, some non-actors, and a home computer to edit it on. And bada-bing, you got yourself a Netflix movie. That's par for the course. Uh, and this one here is one of the worst movies I've seen in the last several years. It's that bad. At least, and I know I've ripped on Asylum uh, time and time again on this show and Movie Freaks. At, at least Asylum, for as bad as most of their movies are, at least Asylum has something funny in it or something kind of cool or like even the premise, like, a giant robot shark or whatever. I'm like, oh, all right, uh, let's check this out. Or a, a whatever huge insect it might be or whatever asteroid heading to Earth. At least at least there's going to be some terrible, terrible CGI that I can at least chuckle at. Here, there's nothing. There's no effects. There's no nothing. It's just bad actors reciting nonsensical things to each other in the woods Uh and again, I mean, maybe the last 20 minutes of the movie uh, turned into a huge plot twist. And that's the thing. It, I was waiting for a big plot twist because I'm like, well, this is so bad that maybe they're actually setting this up for a big plot twist that I'm going to be like, oh, OK, that's why everything was so, so terrible in this was because it was so bad that they were setting it up that. Actually, this is going on, and this is going on, and this is going on. No, 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 no. Nope. It was just bad. Completely, terribly, horribly awful. So, um, anyway, that's uh, that's my review. I'm not going to give any names of actors, director, or whatever. It's a terrible turd. Avoid at all costs, because it truly is awful. Uh I've given a couple other zero-star movie reviews uh, in the last... Uh, I'm looking over my spreadsheet here, and I've given a couple other zero-star mo- ratings, but this one here is somehow worse than that. So this gets zero minus 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 or something like that. So, terrible. Anyway, okay, so a couple other movies that, to me, uh, stand out in uh, um, in that just kind of dropped onto video on demand or Netflix or Amazon or 
whatever. This one here gets a uh, gets a thumbs up, and that would be Cub. The movie's name is Cub, and uh, just came out recently. And uh, I actually had heard about this movie on uh, another podcast show that I listened to, and they did a review on it. And they were all like, nah, "It wasn't bad. It was okay, uh, but they're pretty tough on movies." Like. They're tough on movies. And so I'm like, if they're giving this a not bad, then I would probably like it. And um, I did. I think that I liked it better than those guys did, but it's still not uh, not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it's still pretty good. It, I believe it was filmed in Belgium. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into names or anything like that because I've never heard of the director or any of the actors. It's... Uh, a European country that produced it. It does have some French actors in it, I know that. Uh, but um, it's kind of a standard-issue backwoods horror movie. Uh, it focuses on a group of young, uh, I don't even think teens, like we're talking like maybe 10 or 11-year-olds, somewhere in there, uh, and their camp leaders. Um, it almost feels like a Boy Scout type thing, but there are some girls included as well. And they go uh, into the woods to camp and do whatever 10-year-old campers do. And uh, and there's one boy that just seems to, uh, seems to be the oddball and seems to not, uh, not be liked by any of them. Uh, there's three, three main counselors and then a, a bunch of kids. And, uh, and then, of course, you've got the alpha male... Uh, there's the alpha male leader and then the alpha male and the, the younger kids. And so, of course, they're pricks. Uh, so the movies, you know, it, it, they go into the woods and uh, very, very soon thereafter, something is in the woods. And uh, a little boy dressed up. His mask is really cool. I'll give, him, I'll give them this. The mask that this creepy little kid wears is pretty cool. It looks kind of like a piece of, of like a piece of tree bark that's kind of glued to his face and it works pretty good I liked that, I thought that was a really unique way of doing things and making him look creepy uh, and then there's also uh, Papa Killer or whatever you want to call him I'm not sure if they're father son uh, but there's there's the main guy and then this kid and they're running around the woods and there's of course a legend and blah 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 whatever uh, and so, so the kids are, of course, this is what I'm impressed with. Um, they actually go there. Uh, lots of times it seems like movies don't go there when it comes to kids and killing of the killing of kids in movies, but they do. And it's, it's almost done almost comical. And they probably do that. So it's not as horrific when they do it. Cause it was a little bit like, no, oh, okay. Ha ha. Uh, but once the killing starts in uh, in this movie, it uh, it's pretty relentless and it's pretty mean spirited too. That's one thing that I did notice that while it's not buckets of blood and gore, when the this guy starts to hack these these people off one by one, it's in pretty gruesome fashion and very inventive too. So I I thought it was good. It it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's not going to you know be the next great thing that everybody has to see, but I was, uh, I don't believe I was bored, but it's funny, um, when the movie was done, I remember liking it. 
I haven't. I mean, this was uh, about a week ago that I watched it actually, and I remember not a whole lot about it since I saw it, which is never a good sign. It's just not. But but it's still a watchable movie, definitely watchable. And they do a little uh, an end bit to the movie that I'm I am pretty impressed with. It it went somewhere that I didn't expect it to go, and and that I do remember. Uh, but it's. I'm not going to spoil it because if you're listening to this show, you probably like horror movies and you'll probably want to check this one out because this one definitely does get a, get a, uh, a thumbs up, but not a, not a huge thumbs up. It's just a, you should check it out. If you're a horror fan, you'll probably like it. And, uh, just when you're starting to maybe get a little bit bored, uh, something graphic and crazy happens and you're like, okay, I'm still on board. Let's, let's see what happens. Good production values, good special effects, good acting, the score is good. Everything is good. Everything is really is well done. It, but again, it's not. There's not one particular thing that the movie does fantastic. The closest they would get would be uh, some of the inventive kills that are that are rightfully so inventive, but not. Um, it's not like the collector inventive, which I thought that that was a uh, a brilliant take on a very standard issue. Uh, uh, home invasion type movie. It was it basically took home invasion movies and dropped saw type kills into it, even more inventive and probably a more more unrealistic. But still, it worked, and he, and the sequel worked uh, just as good. I thought. Uh, so this gets close. It gets close, but not quite. So uh, anyway, it does get a thumbs up. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about The Editor. This is Astron 6's newest movie, and uh, I've been following them ever since Father's Day came out. And I had you know, Father's Day got a lot of uh, praise in the, uh, in the horror community as being, like, the, the best thing that Troma has come out with in a while. And I would agree with that, although I will say that Poultrygeist is one of their best movies that they've ever made, Troma. But, and, and granted, Father's Day was not directed by Lloyd Kaufman. It was directed by this the Astron 6 crew, and they are Canadians. And uh, after watching it, you know, it's funny. I watched Father's Day for the first time several years ago, and I thought, eh, it wasn't bad. It was okay. And then I found a really good deal on it on Blu-ray, so I bought it and uh, watched it again. And the second time, I loved it. I thought it was so good, and I'm not sure what made me like it more the second time, but I think the jokes worked better for me the second time, and uh, I kind of got their their how they do things a little bit better the second time, and even some of their Canadian-type stuff trickled into it a little bit, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, but I really, really liked Father's Day, and it is, it's everything that this show is all about it's it's weird and this is crazy uh and it's just disgusting but but there's enough humor in it to uh to give it a to give it a little something for not just the diehard horror fans but a little something for people looking for something different that want a good laugh it's really funny well uh there were some there were some uh, production woes on that movie and i would love to know exactly what those production woes were uh, working with Troma. Uh, 
there is supposedly a feature-length documentary made on that movie and what went into it, but I guess that there has been some disparaging remarks made about Troma and Lloyd Kaufman from Astron 6, so it never got released, which is surprising because I've watched other Troma making of documentaries, and I've said this on my show before. Those are some of the best making of documentaries, special features on uh, any DVD or Blu-ray that I have ever seen. You owe it to yourself to, if you're into uh, the art of making a low-budget movie, you owe it to yourself to watch some of their their feature-length, feature-length making of. Uh, Poultry Geist, Toxic Avenger Part 4, those are two big ones that that have making ofs that are feature length running time and you see the good the bad and the ugly and most of it is the ugly uh people are angry with each other the conditions that they're filming on are terrible uh everything that can go wrong does go wrong and no one is left unscathed and so having seen those i was surprised that this was not included on the Blu-ray, an actual making of like that. I was very surprised. I figured that uh, that they would have something like that on there, but they didn't. So very interesting to see at some point, hopefully that's released, what happened there. But regardless, Astron 6 is not working with Troma anymore. Troma did put out a, a DVD of their short films, which I, I have, and they're, for the most part, hilarious. Big thumbs up. And they also did Manborg, which I thought was good, uh, but that was almost more of a more of an experimental type thing versus the uh, more polished Father's Day. I did like Manborg. Uh, it's it's just Gonzo weird out there. Uh, if you're interested in it, do a search for it online. It's quite something. But leading me to the editor. Here's what I like about Astron 6. They they know how to make movies that truly feel like grindhouse, old-school grindhouse movies. For Father's Day, uh, it truly felt like you're watching a movie on late, late, late-night television on some odd, obscure channel on TV, completely with commercials and all that stuff. And it felt like a VHS dupe. Like the people try to cut out commercials and do this and that and the other thing. It was so cool that way and it worked and it felt like you're watching something from the 70s or whatever on late night cable television or or network television. It was just bizarre. Well, the editor is uh, their loving homage to the Giallo. And the Giallo is Italian uh, murder mystery whodunit thrillers from the 60s and 70s, and even into the 80s. And uh, I was super, super, super excited when I heard that they're going to be doing this, because I'm like, if they can pull this off, like they pulled off the gory grindhouse-ness of Father's Day, this is going to be a complete win. And I am happy to report that it is a good movie. Uh, It doesn't quite reach the heights of Father's Day, uh, because it, it is... Father's Day, while it was completely off the rails, I got into the whole how it truly went off the rails. I was totally invested here. I wish that they would have stayed a little bit more grounded in reality instead of uh, going full 
bore nutso to where it's like, wait, what's going on again? Um, and I know, I know for a lot of those old Italian murder mystery type things, uh, coherency is thrown out the door sometimes and lack of plot development. I understand that. Uh, I've seen so many of them that I know that there are huge gaping plot holes in these things and some of the stuff just is nonsensical. What? And I think they went for that here too. Um, but they didn't have to. They they could have made a more coherent storyline and it would have worked every bit as good, in, in my opinion. Uh, having said that, that does not mean that this is not a good movie. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Uh, and I think that Father's Day I gave four stars, I believe, the last time I watched it. Uh, and, you know, this one here might even go up a notch once I watch it again, because I will. I know I will. Uh, a couple things of note with this movie is uh, the, uh, the, the little nods to the old Italian movies are, there's so many of them. I couldn't even keep track, but I loved that. I thought that was so brilliant how... Uh, especially Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento. There are numerous nods to those two directors in this movie. Those are two of my favorite directors, uh, especially their their works from the 70s and early 80s. Uh, but there's stuff from House by the Cemetery. There's stuff from The Beyond. There's stuff from uh, The New York Ripper. And then numerous Dario Argento movies, because Dario Argento was a lot more into the Giallo... <clears throat> the Giallo-type movies than Lucio Fulci was. Fulci does have some, has a few, but not like Argento does. But it's all in there, and it's just nuts, and it's so cool. Um, and there's the, the typical everybody smokes and the garishly bright, uh, vibrant colors. Um, it's, uh, I liked it. I thought it was good, but uh, doesn't quite reach the heights of Father's Day. And I, I, I maybe, maybe I liked Father's Day so much that I had a little bit too high hopes for this thing, and I wish I wouldn't have, uh, because I would have liked it a little bit more. But just, just that nutso. What are they trying to do? Well, they're probably trying to be like the other, like the older Jala movies, in that things are just out there and bizarre. But it got a little bit too much for me. But everything else was a win. Uh, these guys are great, especially with the budgets that these guys have. They're not working with big budgets. They are working with fairly small budgets, very small. And it is all on screen. All of it is on screen. You can just tell. Uh, which brings me back to Netflix. Uh, there are so many of these movies that are shot uh, every bit as well as the editor. Uh, as far as camera, you know, good camera shots, whatever. So that just, and I'm guessing that that some of these turds that I've been watching on Netflix, some of these, some of this garbage, has an even bigger budget than the editor did. Uh, I'm sure of it. But but that just shows you the talent behind the camera and in front of the camera for for these Astron Six movies versus the junk that's on there, and it, it upsets me. There's there's still a ton of good movies being made that are relatively obscure, but they don't pop up on Netflix. My my faith in Netflix is low. Uh, anymore, it's like they rarely, rarely release tons of cool old movies. It's all new stuff you've never heard of that you just figure it's probably not going to be good. Uh, for every 10 movies, there might be one good one, maybe two. That's just the way it is, and it's unfortunate. I, I 
I wish that Netflix would get more old classics remastered. Uh, I will say that Exploitation TV, I have not officially signed up for it, but Exploitation TV uh, is this new premium service on Roku, and supposedly Vinegar Syndrome is in charge of that, and there's a plethora of remastered old-school grindhouse movies on there. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Uh, Those are more my type of thing, but I'm always trying to find those gems in the rough on Netflix just in case I get another White God or uh, Gun Woman. They're out there, but you got to wade through the crap to find them. Editor gets a thumbs up. Check it out if you want something off the rails and out there. Uh, And if you do like the editor... Definitely check out Father's Day because it really is uh, quite something. It's uh, it's just a it's a good movie. I really dug that movie. So there's a couple other movies that I would like to talk about. Uh, however, I want to save those for Movie Freaks because I'm going to be doing a taping uh, tomorrow night. So I want to save those uh, for then. And there's one especially that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to. I'm going to hint about it on this show in the hopes that I get you to listen to Movie Freaks to hear my full review, and that is, Why Don't You Play in Hell? And yes, you're like, whoa, that's a title. Uh, It's not what you think. Trust me. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that movie. And because I know my co-host is going to love that movie, I'm going to save it for that show to talk about it there. So stay tuned for my review of Why Don't You Play in Hell on Movie Freaks coming soon. Um... Anyway, and then I'm looking through here. There's a couple more uh, Netflix duds uh, that you have absolutely no business checking out. Uh, I'll probably hit on those on the, on that show, take a minute or two to spend on those, but I don't want to waste too much time on garbage. So anyway, that's going to do it for uh, those reviews today. I will say just another friendly reminder that coming soon to the Nightlight Cinema up in Akron, Ohio, we've got... Four different Fulci movies playing in October. October 9 is House by the Cemetery. October 10th is Lucia Fulci's Zombie. And then the 16th is City of the Living Dead. And the 17th is The Beyond. I am super, super, super excited to be showing these movies on the big screen. And I'm glad that Movie Freaks have partnered up with Nightlight Cinema to bring you these movies for one night only each. Limited tickets, only 52 tickets available. Actually, more like 50 because my co-host and I are going to be at these. So, uh, only 50 tickets. There's a bar there. It's going to be awesome. The theater itself is fantastic. And I know I've talked about this on this show as well as on Movie Freaks. And our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks have talked about it as well. Actually, Steve. Ty has no interest in this. So, Ty, you don't get a nod here. That This is all Steve. Uh, but uh, all of... Uh, all of us are really excited about this. So I can't wait to to bring this to the Nightlight. And also, another little plug for the Nightlight is not just the Fulci movies are going to be playing in October there for the late night showings. Uh, there's some other great stuff being shown. The weekend before uh, my Fulci movies are going to be shown, we've got Wicker Man playing at 1130 and Suspiria. This is Dario Argento's Suspiria. I'm going to be there for that, and you should too. And then the week... Uh, after the Fulci movies, Monster Squad is going to be playing there, the old 80s uh, creature feature type deal, which I actually just recently watched again. And uh, also, 
the best movie of all time, The Shining, is going to be playing on the big screen there. I love that they're showing The Shining, although I'm getting to be an old man. So a movie starting at 1130 that's pushing three hours when it's all said and done, it's like, ooh, that's a, that's a full night. <laughs> Ouch. So we'll see. I'd like to make it for that, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's all coming in October. Please support independent cinema uh, like The Nightlight or The Cedar Lee up in Cleveland. Uh, all those theaters, I, I love supporting places like that that are kind of doing something different than the mainstream. Yeah, that's what this show is about, and uh, that's what I like to support. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com with any questions or concerns or movies I should watch, movies I should avoid. Uh, four Nights of Fulci at yahoo.com is the email address for any questions you have regarding the upcoming Fulci movies. You can, of course, get all that information as well on our Facebook page on uh, Four Nights of Fulci. Uh, same with Twitter. Just uh, look up Four Nights of Fulci there. And uh, also, of course, the Nightlight Cinema's website is all that information as, as well as tickets. So if you want to get your tickets, I would advise doing it early because I do think that uh, hopefully all of them sell out. Make sure you tune in to Movie Freaks. We're, we're on iTunes and, of course, Cinema Sidekicks. They're always fun to listen to. They're on iTunes as well. That's going to do it for my show today. Thanks for listening.